in the in, in that night the prayer and, and, and this hymn that was sung over her while in a coma. Amen. And um, I just want to, you know, listen. We don't know how much time, and and and, and I, I don't I don't pray for more time than what God has allotted for us. There was a king that did that. And um, the 13 extra years that he got, he was miserable for those 13 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when it's my time, Lord, it, listen, when it's the time, if we're saved, if we're in relationship with the Lord, when that time has come, let that time come. But in this particular time, God did the impossible. The nursing staff, the medical staff, the doctors were just, um, just marveling. At, 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 the, at what faith and what prayer can do. There was a 24 vigil going on. She had family that took turns. She was never left alone. She was never left without prayer. And God moves. God moves through our prayers. We're going to find out tonight, to today, a little more about prayer. Because um, that's the message. I got one more testimony I want to share with y'all. Um, uh, Edgar, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. Anyway, he didn't turn himself on. <laughs> I get the pen. The battery. I'm just oh, we need batteries, huh? I guess. Yeah. Good morning, family. Good morning. So uh, I shared something yesterday with the pastor, um, and he asked me to give my testimony, so he put me on the spot. <laughs> so I apologize on that. Uh, I don't. Uh, those are the words. <laughs> So, uh, the testimony that I want to give today is uh, I want to start with, uh, with a song that I heard over and over and over again. That is by uh, Cyborg Prophets. This says, Keep Making Me. It starts by saying, Make me broken so I can be healed. Because I'm so callous that I cannot feel. I want to turn to you with heart wide open. Make me broken. Make me empty so I can be filled, because I'm still holding onto my will, and I'm complete when you are with me. Make me empty until you are my desire, and so on. But this song touched me so much. Uh, not so long ago, I got myself into into debt. I went from being not dead. So basically, putting the rope onto my neck where I was harassed by people that I owe money to due to uh, uh, the investments that I had made. It, it got to the point that it was really, really bad. I had fallen into depression, into anxiety, to the point that I couldn't even function uh, to a level uh, of being scared I'm a carpenter by trade, and, 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 and uh, I, I did uh, multiple projects. And I got to the point that I was so scared to even going to, to see a client and trying to do an estimate. I start doubting about myself. I got into fear, etc., etc. The point that I'm trying to get is that, like the song that it says, make me empty, I need to leave all that behind, put it behind me. And say, you know what? That that's not the man that God intended to be. God had a different plan for me. Right. It was so hard for me to let it go because I had such an ego. At uh, at the age of 29, I bought my house and I paid for it in cash. Many people think that 
exposed to drugs because of 29, a Spanish guy, an immigrant that came to this country without learning the language, not knowing how to speak English. They thought that I was doing something illegal. It wasn't that, it was that I worked really hard. And, and, and that creates such an ego and, and pride in me. And, 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 and that was my torn. And, and, and it was so hard. It was so hard for me to go from, from uh, working for myself to work for somebody else making less than what I used to pay my laborers. So that put me through, through a path and, and a period of uh, three years where he literally, literally broke me to the point that I, I, I relied on his words and just on him to be able to, to sustain my family, my wife, my kids, which is not here. And, and, and to make the story short is that in this period, even though I, I had my house and I didn't have a debt, I mean, I didn't have a mortgage, it was uh, so hard for me to get a loan to pay these people that I had borrowed money from to, to, to make a business. And it was so hard, I just couldn't get a loan. I couldn't get a loan. And, and, and we would try all different things. We even attempt to go like to, to these charts where they lend you, uh, you know, money and obviously they do for a high interest rate. And uh, if you don't pay on time, they'll just take the house because that's what they wanted. They wanted to put my house down. So I got to the point that I was so desperate that I, I, I considered it about doing it. But something about uh, it didn't seem quite right. I said, you know, God, that's probably that's probably the easiest way for me to go, but I know that's not what you want. And, and being scared and harassed by these people, I said, you know what, no, I'm not gonna do it. And, and they offered me to give me this loan. And they say, you sign the paper today, you'll have the money within two or three days. But I knew that they didn't feel right. So I didn't decide to do it. And going back, I, I met another guy on my BC period where, uh, I know this guy could have gotten me out of trouble. And the day before, these people that I had home money had come to my house and, and threatened me and my family. And it was a Saturday. And on Sunday, I, 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 I went to the, to the store right behind us to, to get something in. And I saw this guy behind me. And like I said, this guy's a, a guy from, from BC, which, uh, this is the type of man that could have gotten me out of trouble. And, and he could have gotten me like this out of trouble. And, and, and I see the guy behind me, and, 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 and I say, you know what? This is the guy that can get me out of trouble. And, and he needed me too, because me and him used to do business before. But he wasn't an honest man. The way that he conducted his business, it wasn't a very wicked way. But one thing he knew how to do best was uh, generate money and all his business that he used to do, construction-wise talking. And, and I consider it, and I remember one day, I don't know, Pastor, if you remember, that was my sister, uh, uh, my sister's uh, baby shower. Exactly when I talked to you, and I said, this guy can get me out. But if I knew that if I offered, if I accepted his help, I knew that I was making a deal with the devil. It was with me going back to my old ways. And and it was so tempting to, to, to take that. I remember I was crying with Pastor. Pastor has been a 
person right there for me to listen to every time I've been feeling down, anxious, and, 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 and depressed. And I thank you for that. But anyway, so I decided not to take that. It's been a long ride. It has been for almost a year when I decided to do things the right way. Uh, for, for a long period of time, I've had work uh, evading paying taxes, cheating on my taxes. Because most of the money that I used to make was cash. So eventually, all that caught up with me at this point. And that's one of the reasons why I couldn't get a loan. Why? Because I had cheated on my taxes for so many years. So many years, that amount of money that I used to make, giving clients different type of, uh, of, of deals, where, where I would say, okay, this, this is gonna cost you $100,000, I'm gonna give you a break. If you give me cash, I'm gonna charge you this much. And thinking that I was making the right decisions, thinking that I was a smart person, eventually all these mistakes caught up with me. I went to the point here, I went to the bank and said, here's my house. Uh, no mortgage on it, give me a loan, they will say no. I didn't have credit history, I didn't have taxes, didn't pay taxes for it. I mean, I paid taxes, but obviously I cheated on my taxes for so long. And, and, and here I was, no one would give me a loan. And, and, and then my wife and I decided and said, you know what, Lord, uh, we're just gonna put it onto you. We got, I give up, I give up completely, we turn into you. And, and we started, uh, applying for a loan almost a almost a year. Almost a year. Going back and forth, back and forth, papers here, papers over there. And we got to a point where it didn't seem like it didn't seem like uh, I was going to get it, even though they said okay you were pre-approved. Now you have to wait. The bank is doing this, the bank is doing that. And I have this other person threatening me and actually giving me the last warning, the ultimatum. And the ultimatum was, okay, if you don't pay me the money by January, you see what's gonna happen to you. I said, I'm done. He says, I'm done, I'm tired. And then he will come to the house, he will call me in the morning, at night, midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, 5 a.m. in the morning. We got to the point where he said, you know what? You're gonna see, I'm already tired of talking to you. There's no more talking. If you don't give me that money, but but, but this time, that's it. And and, and 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 I got so worried. But at the same time, for some reason, I had peace within myself because I was okay, dear God. You know, if you will, is for me to go somewhere else, sell this house, and pay these people. I'm, I'm willing to do that. Just 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 give me a place where I can go with my wife and my kids. That that's all I'm asking. If, if you will, it's for me to sell this house to, to live this people. Yeah, I say that's fine, I accept it. it uh, I need to pay for all the mistakes that I made. And to make the story short, um, this, uh, this month, uh, we didn't think we were gonna close on, on the loan that we've been working on because there's been so many obstacles that even to the point that the accountant that was doing our taxes had made a mistake in, in, in one of our forms, and this guy had gone to his country, he's from Iran, he has gone from, to his country, and he wasn't coming back until this year. I said, oh dear God, there's no way I can get a loan. The bank's not gonna give me, it's not gonna give me a loan. So I was, I was, I said, you know, God, just, just let it be, if I have to sell the house, let, let, let it be. And my wife, 
my family, my family overseas where I was born, we, we generate like a chat group where every day we will send uh, different abortions that just pray. And every day I would ask, you know, can you just pray for me? Can, can you pray about this? Can you pray about this? And the point that I think I was getting them a little bit upset, I still be praying for the same for the same thing. So pastor in one of my my, my uncles, he says, you know, you need to see things as if they already happened. He says, he says, where is your faith? He says, you need to see things as if it has already happened. So they give me a perspective. I said, that's true. I said, you know, I I I think he is right. And to make it so short, the bank called me, called my wife and said, you know what, uh, we have a closing date for the 17th of December. But the 17th of December comes and we get it close. They said, you know what, something happened. Uh, we're going we're gonna to push it for the 24. The 24 comes, so you know what. We didn't close, the bank came up with something else. And then they said, if you know what, if we don't close by, by the end of this month, we have to redo a different application. We have to do a, a, a new appraisal, which is gonna involve more money and, and, and basically going back to zero again. And, and, and here, <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to do. And they call us again and says, you know what, December 30, there's still, a lot, there's still a few papers that are missing. But we are gonna sit down with the, with the lawyers and we're gonna see if we can close this, this loan. Even though we had some papers that, that were still missing, a little things here and there. And, and, and my wife says, okay, uh, I'm gonna work on Friday, 11 a.m. We have to go and sit down and sign these papers. And here I was going to, to sign his papers, but in my head I wasn't thinking I was closing. In my head I said, you know what? They're gonna tell me that I did something else. So I got down, sat down, this, this, this lawyer comes with a, with, with, with papers like this thick. And, and I said, what is that? He says, well, you have to sign this if you want us to give you some money. I said, what? She said, yeah, you need to sign this. And I was talking, so I says, you know what? She says, I don't even know how you got the loan because this is one of the hardest banks. This bank asks for Jesus. so much. It's one of the hardest banks to get a loan. And with everything that you have, I don't even know how you're sitting here. She Thank said, and, 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 I, and I was still doubting. Like, I was like, 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 like St. Thomas. I was like, excuse me, miss, uh, just to clarify and then simple words, does this mean I'm going to have the money in my bank? He's like, yeah, you, you just like this paper. You'll have the money by the fifth of the month. Amen. Praise Jesus. That was so relief. So relief. So, so, so I, I thank God and I pray God because God had been away. There was no way. And I thank you, Pastor, because you know what? In one way or another, you have been more than a family member, what I have, uh, and trust my. My, my roller coaster emotions that I have uh, gone through, and, and I love you.
But the Bible says that through prayer and fasting, we can accomplish the things we want to accomplish, the things that God is calling us to accomplish. It can only be done through prayer and fasting. Andrew Murray wrote a quote. It says, prayer is the one hand which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand with which we let loose and cast away the visible. All right? So prayer allows us to engage into the spiritual realm that we can't see. Fasting allows us to cast away the contaminations, the, the things, the cleansing that we need in ourselves. The fasting empowers the prayer. This morning, I want to concentrate on a passage of scripture. We're going to be doing this, this today and then next week. We're going to be covering prayer today. Next week, we're going to cover fasting. And I'm going to give a teaching on what fasting is, the different types of fastings that there are. And then I'm going to challenge you, church, to pray and fast for 21 days. We're going to call for 21 days of hunger. This prayer and this fasting is not just for us as individuals. Yes, that's where it's got to start. If, if, we, if we're praying for change, God says, be the change. So we got to do this for ourselves individually so that when we do pray, we can pray with confidence so that when we do pray, we know that we can be expectant in regards to God providing. If you would open up your Bibles, tablets, whatever you got, phone, Matthew 17, the 17th chapter of the gospel according to Matthew. And we're going to start off right at the uh, 14th verse. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. The, the, the Greek word there is, is moonstruck. They felt that uh, a lot of these seizures and problems had to, had to do with, with uh, uh, the stages of the moon and the tides. The full moon, all the crazies come out, right? Ooh, come on, who works in a hospital? <laughs> full moons. <laughs> or, or how are the emergency rooms? Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, I learned this that this is a, this is an actual fact. But um, he's moonstruck, epileptic, and basically what he said, he suffers severely. For often falls into the fire and often into the water. And if you ever know, have met someone that has. Um, epilepsy. At any given point in time, they can just go into a seizure. It's a it's central nervous system um, they, that gets attacked. And they pass out. They don't even know what's going on, but they'll, they'll just fall to the floor. They'll go into a seizure. And so wherever you could be, you could be by a fire, you could be over by the water, you'll just, you're, you're, you're susceptible to the elements that are around you. So I brought him to your disciples. And here's a father who's got to be desperate, pleading for, for, for the healing of his son. And, and, and he hears that, that, that Jesus is, is, is a healer. I mean, here he is, you know, making the lame walk, giving sight to the blind, giving uh, listening to the dead. 
And, and, and so this man brings his child to his disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, what was his answer? Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And here in this particular instance, we see that a physical ailment is really being pushed and, and, and enforced by demonic forces. All right? They're pulling strings. So something that's taking place and manifesting itself in the physical realm is really being manipulated and controlled in the spiritual. Do you see why prayer is so important? Prayer is the avenue that's going to engage that spiritual, invisible realm. And so Jesus rebuked that demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus, right? Privately. Pulled him over to the side. Yo, Master, Rabbi. Why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we not cast this demon out? And Jesus said this to them. Because of your unbelief. Right? What's, what's, what's the unbelief? It's a lack of faith. Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you. If you have faith. As a mustard seed. A little tiny little bit of faith. You will say to this mountain, to these obstacles that come up in your life, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, however, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Amen. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, as we examine your word, we seek to capture your voice. We want to know the biblical truth, so Lord Father God. We want to know the spiritual principles that we need to employ in our daily lives, that we may be effective children, Lord Father God, good and productive for your kingdom. I pray right now, Lord Father God, that you would open up our ears, open up our eyes, move inside of us and take us to a deeper level, into a better understanding of these spiritual disciplines. And give us the desire and the know-how, the hunger, O oh Father, to exercise them in our daily lives. Have your way, Lord Father God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Effective ministry in the lives of others as well as in the lives of our own is unlocked by implementing these spiritual principles of prayer and fasting. <clears throat> prayer is mentioned over 600 times in the Bible with over 650 recorded prayers throughout. Throughout the three years of ministry, we've got about 25 prayers of Jesus Christ himself praying unto the Father. 
Prayer was part of the natural lifestyle of the Jewish people. They didn't need to be told to pray. They knew within their culture that they had a relationship with a living God. And it became part of their daily practice. One time, two times, three times a day we can see uh, uh, prayers being recorded throughout scripture. And, and if you would, prayer becomes the building blocks that supports our relationship with God. Without prayer, we, we can't be in relationship with God. If, if you and I never spoke, would you think that we have a good relationship? But the more we speak and the more we get to know each other, the deeper that relationship becomes. And God wants to be in relationship with us. And in order for that to happen, we have to really learn how to pray. When we pray, we engage God and heavenly hosts that are not visible to the carnal eye, but can be clearly manifested in the natural realm. Because when we pray, the impossible happens. When we pray, the improbable is going to happen. When we pray, we've got testimonies that will pour out because God moves through the hand of prayer. So when the doctor tells you that there is no answer or, or there is no solution, when the bank will tell you that there is no way that you're going to get a loan, when government will tell you you can't become a chaplain with your record, God says, yes, you can. Amen. You're my child. I represent you. You represent me. And when you walk in accordance, the things that you pray, if they're in alignment with my will, you can rest assured it's going to come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer is not just talking to God. We got to get this one right, people. If, if it's just me, Lord, Heavenly Father, I just pray, God, right now that you would bless my family, that you would place your hand upon my body, that you would heal this disease, and blah, 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 blah. Amen. Well, hold on a second. What type of communication is that? Who's doing all the talking? So that's not, that's not, that's not communication. That's dictation. Huh? That's just, that's just me rambling. God says, hold on a second. There's so much I want to tell you. Prayer is also listening from heaven. Meditating on the word of God. We must learn to listen. How difficult is it, though? Remember we did the soul detox to calm the soul. We're always so wound up. Like a little duck, right? You see him so calm in the water, but everything underneath the water... And, 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 and so often, that's how we are. Yeah. You don't realize how wound up people are, how much they're carrying inside of them, how heavy their hearts, their souls are. We've got to learn to calm ourselves. Listen. He says, be still. And know that I am God. The things we speak, check this out, the things we speak reveal the contents of our hearts. 
a man as a man speaketh, so he is. And so if we know that that is true, when we pray, when we pray, we're revealing the things that's within our hearts. It's not just to God, but it's to ourselves. I can't tell you how many times just, you know, being in the shower, being in the bathroom and in worship and in prayer. And I would hear myself say things that I didn't even know was there. Hello? Right? So when we pray, it's also an exercise that God allows us to reveal unto ourselves the things that are troubling us, the things that are concerning us. Prayer. How then? How then do we pray? It's the right way to pray. If, if, if the prayer is the key that's going to unlock that door, how can we most effectively use it? The disciples asked him. Here are the disciples. They're Jewish. At 13, had, had the Pentateuch completely memorized. They were in synagogue and in temple. Week after week, all they did was talk about the Lord. All they did was talk about prayer. And yet these were the men that said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Your prayers obviously have a greater effect, a greater impact. They are empowered in such a way that we can see the physical manifestations take place instantly. Teach us, oh God, how to pray. First and foremost, we've got to really learn how to quiet our soul. Oftentimes, before I personally go into prayer, and you'll see me, um, I think I've pretty much almost, almost prayed with almost everybody that's here at one point or another. And just a simple, right, I mean, yeah, just, just a simple moment to just, the first thing that I do, it's a practice, is just pause. Pause. Take a deep breath. Acknowledge that we're about to enter into the throne room of God. There is a privilege that's been bestowed upon us to be able to engage God. God, a holy God. We have no business being in that room. But because of what Jesus did for us, we have a clear conscience. Right? That, that even that the wickedness and the sinful nature that's within us, even the areas that we fall short day to day, the things that we wish we wouldn't be doing, but yet, ah, God, I fall myself. It's, it'll have its season, Lord, but I'm going to continue to walk in obedience regardless because you're the king and you're on the throne. And when we come to him and engage him there, we can speak to God. The one who hung the stars into the sky, the one who spoke and things just created. God. Quiet the soul. Acknowledge and recognize that you're about to enter into the Holy of Holies, <laughs> into his presence. Take a moment to still the heart. Deliberate breathing <sighs> helps focus on me. Prayer's got to be heartfelt. Can't just be the, the words and an action of a routine, but really the opportunity to address the living God. 
The Bible records five specific postures of the body in prayer. And, and I want to point this out because prayer is not something that we just do in the spiritual realm. It's not just something that we do um, from the soul. But prayer also engages the body. We do it with our entire being. In 2 Samuel 7.18, it says that King David went in and sat before the Lord. He sat before the Lord and said, who am I, O Lord God? And when is my and what is my house that you have brought me this far? And so the Bible is basically clearly stating that it's okay for us to sit down and address God, oh God. Who am I that you would be so mindful of me? Why have you been so good to me when I have such a rebellious nature inside? Can we just sit and talk? God says, yeah, come, my child. Let us reason together. And we can sit in an audience before God. Mark 11.25 says, and whenever, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also Forgive your trespasses. So we can stand before the Lord. And so that's an appropriate posture. To stand. I often think about, you know, I went to military school. And uh, whenever a commanding officer would, would, would walk into the room, everyone in the room would automatically stand at attention. Right? Officer on deck, everybody just stand at attention until the officer would give you an at ease. And I think about how we ought to stand before the Lord. In attention. Ready. Prepared. Posture straight and right. Lord, Father, God, stand before you. It's not to stand. It's not a casual, leisurely, just, you know, all right, Lord, um... I want you to take about 25 pounds off my waistline, and uh, yeah, I want that, but you know, that's not how I'm going to ask for it, right? Stand in attention, Lord, Father, God, I stand before you. I recognize that you're in the room to stand before a commanding officer to know that he is king. Yeah, I'm your son, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor you. I'm going to respect you as the commanding officer that you are. And I'm going to recognize that I am a man under submission. We can stand before the Lord. Here's a common one. Daniel. Daniel practiced this. Uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Three, days, uh, three times a day. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, all right. This was a decree that says that for an entire month you cannot pray to any other gods except for the pagan god of, of, of that land at that moment in time. You can't do it. You can't do it. And the king was actually, uh, um, uh, what's the word? He, he was, um, what was it? He was manipulated, right? The people that looked and, and saw Daniel, they just didn't like him. Why? He had that glow. He had the Holy Ghost glow. 
You know, he did not bow. He, he, he knew he, he was a man of faith and he stood by his faith. And so they, they manipulated the king because Daniel had a good place in the king's heart. Daniel was very productive for the kingdom. And so because God's favor was on him, people hated him. And so they went over and they whispered it to the king. Hey, king, so awesome and mighty you are. You are so wise and so great. And you know what was awesome? And so they gave him, you know, that, that whole psychological Jedi mind trick. You know, you should really make a decree. You should, you should, let's make a decree for our land and nobody's going to. And so they set him up. And even though that decree was signed by the king, it says that Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since the early days. Did it hide it? Did it try to put shade on it? He didn't say, oh, for this month, let me at least respect, you know, the king and the decree and, you know. No, no. Mm -mm. If it's got to come to that, lock me up. If it's got to be, if it's got to come to the fact that I can only worship my God in the secret places, hidden behind shadows and curtains, no, no, not this kid. Three times a day opened his window wide open, didn't care who saw him, but he was willing to bow his knee before his God and pray. Oftentimes, how do we how do we humble ourselves? Where, where do we find it when, when the strength is not inside of us? When, when we've come to the end of ourselves? Oh God. This is one of the greatest postures that I can find when I pray. If you could just have your way, oh God. So humble yourself before God to put him first above all other things especially yourself because you know pride will do that pride will tell you you know you can't bow in front of people you can't get down on your knees what are they going to think about you we worship him openly we worship him because he is righteous and he is true and everything that he places inside of us is to be righteousness and to be truth within our communities. And if you're going to try to silence my voice, if you're going to try to hinder my actions that I do for him, then you just might as well lock me up. Kneeling is such an appropriate posture. The Bible speaks about Jesus gives, gives us this example in Matthew 26, 39, and we're going to revert back to it. Here is Jesus, our model. I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing to kneel before God, but, but to prostrate yourself, to, to bring your face down to the ground. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, it is, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know how many people have ever found themselves just being able to lay before God. You can't get much more humble than this. You can't get much lower than this. 
And oftentimes, this is the posture, this is the place that we would find ourselves when, when there's nothing else left to hold on to, when, when all hope has been lost, when, when we're so broken and shattered, oh God, that we would be able to put our face upon the floor before you, God, and declare you as king and know, oh Lord, that you are mighty and you are worthy, you alone. Oftentimes, life has to present such difficult circumstances before we can find ourselves in a place to be able to humble ourselves, to lay out prostrate before our God. But if Jesus did it, who are we? And this is the one where the pride is going to come in because oftentimes, why do you go, when you walk into church, you see the lifting their hands, lifting their hands, and, you know, this hand's lifted. What is that? What is that? Why, why, why are they doing that? You know? We're commanded to. God tells us. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt out. Yeah, yeah, but he said holy hands. Oftentimes look down at my hands. The filth. The destruction of the things that these hands can do. And yet if we surrender them unto God, the things that they can build. says that he would take the crimson, the dirt, the, the, the deep red of what is in blood, blood 